Hi everyone, Eddie Santiago here. On this episode of National Board Conversations, we take a dive into the National Board Standards with Jamie Fowler-White. She's a National Board Certified Teacher in Memphis, Tennessee, and an amazing storyteller. So without further hesitation, here's my conversation with Jamie Fowler-White. All right, so welcome Jamie Fowler-White. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Oh, pretty well. A little bit of a crazy time here at the National Board right now, but you know, we excited about excited to talk to you. Uh, my friend Lisa here at the National Board talks about you a lot, and so I'm excited to I'm excited to finally meet you and excited to talk to you. And you as well. I'm so excited to be here with you. All right, so we'll, we'll kick it off real early. Uh, could you just give us a little bit of an introduction of yourself, your role, your current job, and uh, what you do? Um, well, this is my 24th year in education. Um, my first year is, um, I've coined myself as a pandemic principal. So it's my first year as a principal. Um, before becoming a principal, I spent three years as an assistant principal, 10 years as an instructional coach, and 10 years in the classroom. Oh, man, you've done <laughs> about everything. <laughs> yes. So um, other than that, um, I write books for educators, um, helping them uh, to use reflection as a means of improving instructional practice. And I speak to educators around the world um, for that. That's awesome. I mean, reflection is a big deal at the National Board, so <laughs> we love it. Absolutely. That is where I got my start, reflecting. <laughs> <laughs> so can you share why you became a teacher? Oh, accidental. Um, so I'm the accidental teacher. Um, I actually was going into nursing. I had gotten all of my um, foundational prerequisite classes done. And I had just gotten my letter to say that I had gotten into the Baptist School of Nursing in Tennessee and uh, figured out the college thing. You know, I, I was taking, still taking out that eight to three day. Oh, man. Yeah, like I was in high school. Yeah, It took me like three years to figure that out. Like, why are you scheduling all these classes at 8 o'clock in the morning? Like, you don't have to do that. Hey, um, <laughs> yeah. And so I had scheduled all my classes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I had Tuesday and Thursday off. And my sister was like, what are you going to do on Tuesdays and Thursdays? And I was like, sleep. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. So I'm going to do. She was like, well, you know, we are having the hardest time finding substitute teachers. So my sister um, had just taken a job as a third grade teacher in one of our local elementary schools. And she was like, you really should consider coming in a couple of days a week, you know, just to um, sub. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, but I had visited, love her school. Um, they had such a family atmosphere that when you walked in, you just felt like you were at home. So I gave it a try. Um, fell in love. Uh, with the children. Uh, couldn't wait for Tuesdays and Thursdays to come. I was there every Tuesday and Thursday. Became one of the regular substitutes that they had. And uh, after a couple of months, I kind of, I went and uh, sat down with my parents and I was like, so I think I want to change my major. And they were like, no, you're almost done. You have like a year. And I was like, yeah, yeah I don't think I want to do that anymore though. I think I want to teach. Um, and so I was like, um, you know, there are uh, three girls in my family and at one point, all of us were in college. <clears throat> and so I um, talked to my dad and I was like, I only have a year left on my scholarship. 
but it's gonna take me three semesters to complete these classes. I don't know how I'm gonna pay for it, but I'm gonna get it done. And he was like, don't even worry about it, just go ahead and get it done. And so um, I took like 20, the maximum amount of hours. I took like 21 one semester, 24 another semester. And I had gotten down to where I only had like that, um, the semester where you have to do that, uh, the clinical hours to actually get your degree. And I was like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna pay for this. Um, but I had been volunteering in um, one of the offices on campus. And what I didn't know was happening was that um, the lady in the office was advocating for them to extend my scholarship for a semester. Uh, and so I got this random letter in the mail that said, hey, um, we're extending your scholarship for a semester. And I was like, where's this? I didn't know there was a thing. Like, <laughs> um, and uh, she came up to me and she was like, did you get your letter? And I was like, I got this, this weird letter that said that they were extending my scholarship for an additional semester. Like, I didn't know you could do that. She was like, yeah, I know. But um, I went and talked to them uh, because you're almost done. And this is what you were meant to do. And so thanks to her, oh my God, Miss Benita Lyons, I actually um, became a teacher. Um, absolutely love it. And the beauty was that some of the children that were in the room, the first day that I was a substitute became my new students. So it was really awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's such a great story. <laughs> yes, yes, it was, it was beauty. Happy accident. So, yes, I tell people about the importance of building relationships, um, because had I been one of those mean, terrible substitutes, like what kind of first year would I have had, first day would I have had on the job with those students? Um, so, yeah, because they all ran up to me and were excited that I was their new teacher. So did you know about uh, board certification prior to becoming an NBCT? I didn't, um, but my sister uh, took me to a interest session my first year, um, and I was so upset. I remember when I left, I was so upset because I said you had to be in education for three years, and it was my first year, um, but I, from the day after I went to that session, I began working towards. I said, oh, this is what I'm going to do, um, and at the time, there were like less than 300 uh, national board teachers uh, in our state, and I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. That's what I'm gonna be." Um, and I worked for it. Um, it took me exactly at exactly the tenth year mark. I actually I made it. Um, the first year I was a little uh, disappointed. I missed by like twenty five hundredths of a point. Um, and I remember um, having like a mentor. And she had read every entry except for the very last one. I was like, oh, my God, you don't have to read it. No, you don't have to read it. And, and that was the one that I didn't make the mark on. Um, and uh, I called her, and, you know, after I got my life together, you know, it was, it was devastating because I had been working for 10 years for it. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to try again. I said, um, you know, you don't really get information about why you don't make it. But when I read the entry, I knew. I said, I didn't answer the questions. That's what it was. I said, um, and after I make it, um, from then on, I'll make sure that I mentor anyone in the world who asks because um, I don't want anyone else to, uh, to not make it 
based on the fact that you don't really understand the process. Um, and so once I made it in 2000, in 2008 and 2009, I started mentoring uh, national board candidates, anyone within my district, anyone that emailed me um, just to help. And they were like, you don't have time to do that. I said, I have time to do it because you need it. It's so important to have a mentor. Um, and I didn't understand it until, um, and I tell them about like my story. I said, I didn't understand the importance of having a mentor until I didn't use my mentor in the way that I was supposed to. Uh, so I've been doing that. Um, uh, even now, I'm still mentoring people um, because I know how important it is. And they all better for it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what were some of your initial thoughts when you dug into the standards of national board? Like you jumped on them early. Like you said, first year, I was ready to go. <laughs> well, so because I was just starting out and still getting my, 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 my footing into education, I used that as, well, this is what the best teacher is supposed to do. And so for me, it was like my roadmap. Uh, it gave me all those stair steps. And so from day one, my goal was to be an accomplished teacher. And so every standard I read, every aspect of it, um, every expectation, that's what I that's what I said that that is the goal that I'm shooting for. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so um, I don't know what kind of teacher I would have been without it. So uh, I think every teacher, even if they're not um, seeking national board certification, should actually read um, what an accomplished teacher um, should do and shoot for that. Because that means you'll be giving the best that you can to every child. What role do the National Board Standards play while going through the process? Oh, the standards, especially like the core propositions, like they tell you exactly um, what you're supposed to be doing, um, like to know your students. Um, every aspect of your students to so look at them for their um, individual strengths, um, the circumstances that they live in. You're supposed to use their interests, like everything about them. You need to get to know them because you're merging all of their experiences with the content that you're teaching. And so if you don't have those relationships with them, you don't know about your data, you don't study your craft, um, when you stand in front of children, are you really giving them like the best that you can? Um, and so every day you should give 110%. And I just think that um, everyone, um, it should be like a class that's required for all teachers, even just the introduction to it. Um, so that we know how, just how important it is when we're building uh, the future um, of our world. And if we're not at our best, giving our best, doing our best, um, then what will our future look like? What did you learn about your students or your teaching practice by engaging in the standards? Like, what did you learn about yourself? Mm -hmm. That is a really good question. Let's see. Um, about my students, I, I had to really dig into what their lives were like outside of the classroom. Um, my last year, the year that I certified, 
I actually, it was my first year uh, teaching at my old elementary school. And so I went back, uh, it's in the heart of Orange Mound, uh, you know, the oldest African-American community um, in the United States. And they live a hard life. Like school was the most stable environment that they had. I remember I had one student, he had siblings. He was the oldest and he had like six siblings up under him. And he would just get into trouble like continuously. Uh, and because he was taking things, um, stealing. Um, and I would ask him like, why, why are you doing that? He was like, well, I'm the oldest and they depend on me. And if I don't take some things, we're not going to eat. Um, and, you know, like stories like that just kind of break your heart. Um, I just remember giving him food. I was like, you don't have to steal. If you need something, just let me know. I'll, I'll give it to you. I don't want you stealing. I want you at school because he would be missing like for days and I was like I need you at school um and I just remember like that bond like he he hadn't really learned to read well I was teaching fourth grade and he started asking if he could stay after school um and I remember I was tutoring him um so that he was like I really want to do better Miss White and I was like I'm, I'm gonna help you um and so from then on I like I would stay like an extra hour after school because of him, I started doing like homework. I did a homework hour and told the parents, you know, you could just pick them up an hour late and I'll help them with their homework uh, because you may not understand how to do the things and I want them to do my homework. So instead of picking them up about 3.30, pick them up at 4.30 and we'll just do our homework in the room. And that way when they go home with you, you'll have doing things. They can do the chores and do whatever they want um, because like they didn't have that. And that was like his his refuge. And he actually went on and um, left um, and stayed in school. But I wonder, I wonder if he had a different teacher that year, if he really would have actually continued. I don't know if any teacher um, would have really taken the time to get to know him because I don't think they had before then. They just saw him as this disruptive child that came to school sometimes that didn't do any work and did anything he could to go to the office every day because he didn't want people to know he couldn't read. So um, I think that's the difference um, that we make. And because I was working um, and I had been working for 10 years, it would just became like an automatic thing that I would do um, for any child that I met to make sure that I knew them like as a person individually uh, and then I could use that and infuse that um, into everything we did in the classroom. Your story's over here pulling at my emotional heartstrings over here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what advice and tips do you have for educators uh, getting into the standards and starting their journey on national board certification? Truthfully, find a mentor. Um, it's one of the hardest processes because you feel alone. I remember when I did it, I got like this box in the mail with all this stuff. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Um, and now you get like a login and it has like all this information. And you're like, where do I start? Like, it's so much. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, so I would say to either get a mentor or seek out someone who actually has gone through the process 
just because you need a support system, not because you can't do it on your own. Um, figuring out which area to certify in was one of the hardest for me. I didn't want to be boxed in, but um, being a uh, generalist, so I'm a middle childhood generalist, um, was one of the hardest, um, it's one of the hardest certifications I've ever had. Uh, I had to prove that I was an accomplished teacher for any grade level between the ages of seven and 12. So there's like second grade all the way through middle school. Uh, and I, I remember going through my school going, I need all these teacher editions so I can read all this stuff that I've never taught before <laughs> so that I can have some type of context. Um, and I did. I had my husband bring in books. I said, I need you to bring all your middle school books home so I can read them. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I said, I said, I need to know this, this content. If I'm going to be uh, specializing in these, this age group, like I feel like I need to study and know all this stuff. Um, but it, it changes your mindset. And from then on, you're just as reflective as you want to be. Um, you never depend on other people to tell you what you need to improve. It's just an innate thing in you and you automatically do it. Um, and so a support, um, even if it's, even if it's um, not uh, a mentor, just a support system. Um, and take it one step at a time. Um, know that it's a process, so you may not get it the first time. Let me see. And um, never give up on your dream because you can do it. I think that would be the best advice, maybe. Yeah, one thing we've heard is uh, do it little by little. You're not trying to do it all at once. It'll take you down. <laughs> it will. It, it literally will. Um, and it's not meant to be one and done. And so that's the hardest part because you know, for any goal that we've ever had is, oh, I, I must achieve it the first time. That's what we teach people. Um, but truly, it's a process where you're supposed to learn from your mistakes. So it's really the quintessential uh, part of education. Um, every time you don't make something or you don't meet that expectation, you're supposed to reflect on what could I have done better? Uh, what will I do better the next time? And that's the one thing that it, it truly taught me about education is that um, I'm supposed to learn from uh, and reflect. So that's, that's really good. Uh, do you think it's necessary to address all the standards in the components, in all the components? As many as you can, yes. Uh, because you'll catch every child. Um, if you if you skip um, any of them that you can, so just think about if you don't know your content, but you know your children, um, then you're just in there having a conversation, but you're really not giving them what they need. Uh, if you don't know the data behind your children, if I hadn't gone back to look and see that that student who said, oh, please, can you help me learn to read? If I hadn't looked at his data to see... Um, which skills he had mastered, um, would I have been able to take him as fast as I could for him to see whether he's making that, that progress. And so when you um, think about um, uh, your parents and your community, 
and collaborating with your colleagues. Like you have to do them all. Um, if you don't do them all, you're missing like an important piece of the puzzle. And so you don't want to not do them all. And I don't even know if I could at this point in my career not to do them all. Even as a leader, I still um, see myself in that coaching role, that supporting role um, to, tr to try to make every teacher um, use these standards, although they don't know that that's what they're doing. When you think about any literature that you read, it's already in there. They just don't actually give National Board um, the credit for uh, coming up with these concepts. They just gave it a whole nother name, but it's really, that's what it is. So we got to take, a, got a couple questions for you that are off the beaten path. Uh, so here we go to take us off the beaten path and get to know you a little bit more personally outside of education. Okay. <laughs> uh, what kind of music was on your last playlist? Oh, gospel. <laughs> Ooh, I am, I, I'm literally, this week is the second month of my pandemic principal uh, ship oh my goodness so um i have this gospel playlist that i play um continuously it depends on um the day which song i start with but um i listen to uh tamala man kurt franklin londa adams ty tribute like you name it um Yes, I do, because I never would have made it. Oh, sometimes that's that one you had to play some on. So, <laughs> yes, so um, so usually um, lately that is um, that is what I've been playing. That and um, some instrumental R and B. Um, I've been infusing it into my lunchtime music for my students. Um, I'll play a popular song, the instrumental version, and then I'll put a multiplication pack in there. Um, there's uh, a multiplication rap in there so <laughs> that they don't know that they're learning while they're dancing uh, during lunch. Um, but um, yeah, gospel, definitely gospel. Because <laughs> I need it, I need it right now. Um, All right, so what is your favorite kind of food? Oh, oh I just love food in general. Oh, it just changes my whole world around. My favorite food. Which meal? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I literally love food. We'll go favorite uh, breakfast food. We'll go favorite breakfast food. Oh, my favorite breakfast food. Oh, I love a big breakfast. So I like um, bacon, eggs, pancakes, and waffles. That's actually what I had a couple of days ago. Um, our first day here in Lake Hamilton, I ordered Cracker Barrel. Yes. It was the best, best day ever. <laughs> All right, last one, last one, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, what hobbies outside of education do you have? Hobbies? Mm, I write. Um, it's my self-care. And it doesn't even matter. Um, I have a blog where I literally just sit down and, and write. Um, I used to color. It's kind of soothing like one of those color by number apps. I used to do that one uh, for recolor. I do puzzles um, because I think puzzles are like life. Uh, you just take it one piece at a time. Um, and um, before you know it, you know, you put the whole thing together. Um, so puzzles are my go-to. Um, let's see, other than that vacationing, I love it. Um, I think that everyone should take 
uh, a trip as often as you possibly can. Um, it relaxes you and takes your mind off the world. Um, so um, I was going to do my podcast outside, but my sister stole the, the upper deck and they're very loud um, where I could see Lake Hamilton behind me. Mm. Yeah, but um, yes, I think those are my four biggest um, hobbies. Awesome, awesome. Well, this was great. I'm glad we got to talk. I got to know so much about you. I got to hear some of your story of why you became a teacher, which this whole conversation has been kind of emotional and got me over (laughs) (laughs) But this was awesome. I'm happy to have talked to you. Uh, Thank you again for your time uh, and we'll hopefully do this again. Oh, absolutely. I really enjoyed it. What a great and useful conversation with Jamie. I just want to thank her again for taking the time to chat with me and thank you for listening to National Board Conversations. Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up with all the National Board updates. Hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice and we'll see you next time.